0: Ladies and gentlemen, the three knockdown rule on USC fight passes in effect. I'm Steve Kinnon. We're joined by our Patrick
1: Mahomes. God, all he does is win. Mario Lopez. You know what? I appreciate the complex. The complex. Look, I've been drinking too much. I've been drinking too much tequila already. I appreciate the compliment, but it bothers me at the same time. Salute. 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 All right. want well, to thank everyone that helps us on the show. Smoke and
0: Tim Frazier and Tino no. on the edits, the bout sheet for this week's show a snoozer in Las mm. Vegas, Garcia Haney, finalized fight preview, fight review, and ask Mario. But before we get started, we just want to let you know this podcast is sponsored by Hustler Casino, located just 15 minutes from downtown L.A. If you love poker, now is the time to play in their high-limit crystal room for a $50,000 total giveaway this holiday season. Come check them <laughs> out. All right, so let's get this started. Last Thursday night from the Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas on ESPN. Uh, It wasn't much of a fight, but I think it was a... Great track meet, and still the WBO junior welterweight champion of the world, Tiafimo Lopez retains the belt with a 12-round unanimous decision over Jermaine Ortiz. Your scores: 115-113 twice and 117-111. Mario, your thoughts
1: on what transpired? <clears throat> All right, I'm going to answer this on three different tiers. Uh-oh. First... I'm not going to read the, the text I was sending you this time. <laughs> I'm not going to read the text. Ironically, they were very similar mm. to the ones I sent you during the Shakur Stevenson fight, which I believe was also during the week, correct? Thursday. See, Kim, mm, mm, that's mm. what bothers me more than anything, is that the last two times we've been able to highlight this sport on a grand scale and on a big platform like ESPN, and this one even bigger because it's on the eve of the Super Bowl, mm. It is such a letdown, and it does oh, such a disservice to the people that literally put the blood, sweat, and tears in there with the fighters and everyone involved in the company and the promotion, what have you. Because when you get a fight like that, and I say fight in quotes, air quotes there, that's why people are turning to UFC. That fight has you losing fans and... I've got many things to blame for that. Okay, number one, yes, Teofimo is athletically gifted, so quick, so, so strong, fleet of foot. However, my guy either has never learned to cut off a ring or has not um, improved in trying to cut off the ring because that seems to be his kryptonite, Is Someone that is fleet afoot. Okay? And I do feel it is time now more than ever to get a real trainer trainer slash mentor in there to be able to maintain this level. Much less take him to the next level. Just be able to maintain staying at this level and to be able to see the guys, the rest Mm. of the champions in his division. I, I hope he sees that. As far as the controversy, I don't see the argument. I really, really don't. And I really put a lot of this blame on Ortiz, which made me angry because he talked a big game and my guy went in there and thought he was doing the Indy 500. Kim, I said, he's got to get tired at some point. I've never seen someone backpedal so much. He was fleet footed, but his punches, if you want to call them that, didn't phase or hurt TO at all teal was the aggressor he landed the harder punches it wasn't a robbery at all to me in this whole he outlanded TO two to one it didn't even look like no it didn't even look like he was phased by it at all TO landed more power shots the more effective punches he was the active he was the more aggressor and thankfully the judges saw it that way because i'm always going to lean towards someone who's actually initiating the fight i know both had a low output but Lopez was at least trying to engage. Jermaine Ortiz, second half of fight, he was like in survival mode. For pretty much the whole time, he was in yeah. survival mode. That being said, again, Lopez needs to start utilizing his jab more and cut off the ring. But as far as Ortiz, you have to make a case for winning. And you cannot win a fight, much less a world championship, by running. And that's what it was. I'm sorry. It was not boxing. My guy was Running out there, you needed to throw and you needed to land punches. You can't do more moving than boxing and expect to win and get your hand raised. That is a bad style of fighting and that is bad for the sport. And again, I see no controversy because Teal was at least willing to engage. He was the aggressor all night and the blows that were landed, the more effective Harder ones were landed by him. You had a southpaw who was fleet of foot and did not want to engage. It's hard to look good, period. Much less against a guy you have to chase. De La Jolla, who happened to be at the fight, I know you were there too, agreed with me and he had the same affa- ag- aggression. He goes, bro, he did all he could do. Yeah, he could have, and he and he pointed out the things i had already pointed out, but you can't give it to Ortiz based off of that. These people are crazy, and obviously that's not his fighter, but that's how he felt, and that's how I feel.
0: Mario from ringside. And I know guys like Tim Bradley have their feelings. We love Tim. <laughs> oh, gosh. don't even, We didn't even talk about that. And I do love me some Tim, but come on. Yeah, we're going to have to bring him back on, call him to the front of the congregation. But from my press row seat near the corrals so at a really good vantage point, I had it 116, 112, Tiafimo Lopez. At the end of the day, Uh, As I wrote for K-9's Corner on snack.com, one guy wouldn't, the other guy couldn't, and it was a type of fight, as the old-timers say. Uh, You let him in for free, you (laughs) charge him to to leave. leave. It was an awful fight, but the bottom line is very simple. Jermaine Ortiz, he stepped all over the line between effective movement and boxing to flat-out retreating and being negative, and you cannot reward that. This is professional Prize fighting. Exactly. As Larry Merchant told me, he left a message. He said, Steve, that was an abortion of a fight. And yet, no, that was not a pro-life or pro-choice uh, <laughs> statement. He's just trying to des- describe the fight. Yes. But he said, there's a reason why I don't call it boxing. He calls it professional Prize fighting. Exactly. And under the guise of professional prize fighting and what it should be, I don't think you can or should reward Jermaine Ortiz.
1: And it's, and it was, I was like, am I living in an alternate universe? These people that are actually trying to make a case for him to be Mm -hmm. the victor said, we can't reward that. We can't celebrate that. That's taking our step, that's taking steps backwards for our sport and you're driving people away. And like I said, Mm -hmm. it made it even. 10 times worse being the platform with that it was and on the night that right. it was. And on two night, two times now on a Thursday. There's a Thursday we night had, curse. There's, there's a the, Thursday night
0: curse. We've had tra- yeah. we've had track meets. I may never go again. Uh, and here's the no, other thing. No, I'm getting mad. I get uh, mad at you too. Be, before people start bringing up Pernell Whitaker, what Pernell Whitaker did was stand right in front of you. Exactly. He didn't move nearly as much. James Tony. And doing. he would piece you up. Okay, there was actual damage being done. Now, after the fight... Chiafimo lopez the plato of prize fighter uh waxed philosophically to uh bernardo asuna this is what he had to say
2: hold up man hey hey people people humans humans listen up man listen up yeah 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 yakubu all you want Suck a dick, no homo. Oh, no, more. no, no, Listen, no. I know, relax, relax. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me go back on this, okay? We cannot for one second. Yeah, people that have sport. Let me speak. We cannot for one second claim these people, these fighters that don't want to come and fight. You go to blood, sweat, and tears, the three code of conduct, Sugar Ray Robinson Award. If you ain't ready for this life, get the out of my sport. I am a champion. I bleed for this. I sweat for this. And I cry for this every time. Jesus is real. And, and all I can say, may God give it, God taketh. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Message!
1: Wow. My guy went. First of all, I didn't know you could suck a dick. No homo. I, I thought that's the whole point. Oxy-moronic the, there. The, yeah. yeah. And then and then he was yelling at the people. Somehow, he was like, humans, humans." were there dogs there I was not aware of? The Mm -hmm. whole thing. And then he started, at one point, I remember he brought up Rosa Parks.
0: Hey, there's only one race, the human race. But I think Rosa Parks (coughs) actually said... Uh, I'm not getting up. I'm not going to the back. I think that's was hurt. I think got the quotes all mixed up.
1: And then he started cussing out people, but then praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Then Praise, praise the, the Lord. Lord. My guy was on a sick one. He was on a sick one right there. And shout out to uh, Bernardo Osuna for holding oh, it a together. Pro. What
0: a I mean, You know, the thing is, I told this to Bernardo. <laughs> that
1: reminded bro- me of Mike when I was interviewing uh, Miss uh, uh, yeah. Teen South Carolina. <laughs>
0: <a
2: word>.
0: Yo. <laughs> You know, I, I told Bernardo on Sunday, we're texting on uh, Super Bowl Sunday. I said, Bernardo, let me just tell you something. Cosell had, had Ollie. You have Teofimo Lopez. Dude. What a pro. And, what
1: a dude, pro. and I like Teofimo. I was very frustrated, like I said. I wasn't angry because he did come to fight and he did want to engage. But I was frustrated because he is so athletically gifted. And, but my gosh, there's it,
0: flaws. It, oh, there yes. are holes in the game, though, are hole, that's,
1: No, that's what I'm trying to say. He's one of those guys that is so athletically gifted he's been able to get away with his timing and only certain style of fights are really going to make him look like a consummate fighter in Shining. Ironically, the boogeyman of the division, Zubrell, Matias, I think he's all right for him. Right. I think he goes forward. Fastballs down the middle fastball. of the plate. He's going to be uppercutting all night, counter all night. I think he looks excellent in that fight. However, movement, like I mentioned earlier, seems to be the Achilles heel. He's got to address that because if he's going to fight a guy like Haney... That can be Ooh. real problem. Or Shakur, that can be very problematic. The word I comes to mind is kryptonite. Yeah, uh, I, I, have that. I have a question.
0: I have a question. If you have problems with a particular style, and if you look at Tia Fimo's last four or five fights, it alternates between unbelievable effort, mediocre, great effort, mediocre again. I've always said this about the elite fighters. You know what they do? They consistently take care of the pretty good ones. In other words, the tens. Always take care of the 7s and 8s handily. Based on, on this track the, the record.
1: The 7s and 8s, so oh, seem to have the same style. Okay. Same to say I have the same style, which I think proved problematic. I, the only way I slightly disagree is, to me, if the guys that go down to the competition is if, like, I feel like if the effort's not there. I feel his effort is there. I just don't feel the skill set is matched and- to be able to... Um, acclimate. To be fair to Tiafima, I don't think anyone
0: could have looked good against that style. That's exactly, yes. And um, that is- the other issue is again, I want to bring this up, and I know I belabor the point, and I'm never going to stop, so just stop whining. Um, when he fought Josh Taylor last June, and you were there, he looked spectacular. He
1: came off of three
0: fights. <laughs> three fights in 10 months. Yep. This here was an eight month layoff. Mm, no good. Um, to paraphrase Tiafima Lopez, in the pyramids 2,600 years ago, you know what it said? Activity matters. That's all I'm going to say. Suck a dick, no homo. Praise Jesus. I was quoting. <laughs> praise, praise Jesus. The Sun Tzu boxing, Teofimo Lopez. Dude. uh Mario, also on this card. That was more entertaining than the fight. It, well, well, the entrance was good. The, the post-fight interview, everything in between. Everything but the fight. Rotten meat in that sandwich. Rotten meat in that sandwich. Mario, on this undercard, talented lightweight, Keyshawn Davis, looked good. TK on six, mm-hmm. over two-time world champion. Jose Pedraza, knocking him out in six to move to 10 and zero. And him and Lopez, we're going back and forth uh look i don't want to be mr buzzkill here but here's the reality about pedraza not only is he on the tail end this was his first fight at lightweight since 2019 yeah. so even right around the third fourth round you could see the legs getting very very rubbery but again you did what you're supposed to you pushed a veteran off the cliff and if Keyshawn can just stay focused Forget all the nonsense. Stay off the weed. He's going to be a formidable guy at 35. There's a lot of talent there. Mm. And Mario, I'm just telling you right now, remember this name. Abdullah the Young Butcher Mason ooh, with kid, a kid. highlight reel ooh. knockout over Benjamin Gurment.
1: 12-0, 10 knockouts, just 19 my kid, years old. My kid is still a teenager. That's, ooh, that's, that, no, that was very... A uh, very impressive blue chip prospect right there. Be careful how we move him because I think he's got a bright future.
0: Yeah. And I, I've gotten to know the father a little bit. Very stable uh, situation nice. good there. To, good to hear. And the one thing about Abdullah that I like, very respectful young man. He's got nice. a good head on his shoulder. Where's he from? Uh, he's from Cleveland, Ohio. Okay, so Cleveland. I, so I think he can be built into something. Yeah. I remember when Top Rank signed him about three years ago when the press release went out, someone from the company said, Steve, this is one of the good ones. And I said, really? In fact, he was only 16. They had to wait for him to turn pro, but he's managed by James Prince. And they said, no, 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 no. Forget the Olympics. Let's make some money now. This kid, I think, is one of the very best fighters in the world under the age of 20. And when I forecast him, and I've already seen him grow physically. He's getting into his man strength. I believe he can be a 3-4 division weight champion. But, again, a sound of warning, we don't know how he catches. We, catch we don't know how he catches.
1: And what
0: what, uh, what weights he at right now? Right now, he is a lightweight. Right. And uh, then within three, four years, he's going to be a welterweight be a weld- and beyond. Yes. Just look at his torso yes. and just like his frame, a lot of speed, a lot of technique, a yeah. lot of power. And he's got a good head on his shoulder. So keep keep that name in mind, Abdullah Mason. All right, we'll be back with more of the three knockdown rule on the UFC Fight Pass. This podcast is sponsored by Hustler Casino, home to the most popular streaming show, Hustler Casino Live, which just celebrated two years of record-breaking pots and live high-stakes poker action. If you're a card enthusiast, make sure to stop by and play all of your favorite games. Hustler Casino, see you there. And we're back on the Three Knockdown Rule on the UFC Fight Pass. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to get involved with the Three Knockdown Rule and sponsor our fine program, we still have some slots available. Please reach out to us by emailing info at boxbid.io. Once again, that's info at boxbid.io. BoxBid.io is an online platform that is launching soon It helps public figures and professionals in the world of boxing get sponsorships. We are proudly working with BoxBid.io. Okay, moving ahead. This past Saturday, Mario, what a day for a good friend of ours. uh, Mr. Tengu's boxing, Ricky Fuentes, for the last couple of years has been training a certain prospect, and he says, "Hey, hey, this is a blue chipper, and we're like, okay. Well, Hamza Shiraz... I think has burst onto the scene is now has to be considered a middleweight contender. He absolutely blew out an experienced, rugged guy in Liam Williams and won to move to 19-0, 15 knockouts. This was a statement victory.
1: I'm so happy for my boy Ricky Funes. My eating partner—he does all those food review yeah. uh, videos with me. He—he—he can—he knows some good spots to get down on some good food right there. You have to join us one day. Ken. Remember
0: we went to the speakeasy. That's the
1: tr- oh, that's spot. right. Yeah, and then we that. went to the speakeasy. That's right. That was good. Knock knock. Who's there? Yeah. Uh, what's the code word? Yeah. <laughs> he's got some more for yeah. us. Uh, no, he's a great guy. And Hamza, I really like. I've got to uh, see him a few times and actually train with him and he's moved around with me. He's such a nice guy. How he makes that weight, I don't know. He's huge. My guy's super tall, lanky. He can. I, 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 he's going to be a problem for a lot of guys in this division. He continues to get better. He looks like he's really confident now. Um, a lot of his fights, or the last few, I should say, have been overseas. So I'm hoping he starts to create a little buzz and is able to fight here. But that was a very... Buzzy performance. A lot of people are talking about him. I think he's ready to take the next step, and I'm happy for him and Funis. This is
0: how big he is for that weight. I'm about 6'2, which makes me incredibly tall for an Asian. People have called me Yao Ming. Um he's actually two, three inches taller than me. I don't know how he fills into that 160. Uh, How he makes it's a mystery. Right. I have no idea. And Keep this in mind. I want to put this in perspective about Liam Williams. The only guys that have really beaten him have been Chris Eubank, who went the distance, I believe. Demetrius Andre, they went the distance. And he went two times with Liam Smith. Okay. That's impressive. Uh, Nobody has blown him out that way. And look, I'm not making an exact comparison, but he reminds me of a long, tall stick of dynamite, like one of those wiry guys like a Tommy Hearns. They're very skinny, very tall. But they have that snap and that torque, and they have that ability just to snap off left hooks, quick right hands. And my understanding is after Ramadan, he'll be back in L.A. with Ricky Fuentes, hope to bring him in studio. And when the Queensberry Promotions and Eddie Hearns fighters have that duel in Saudi Arabia on June 1st underneath Better Bev and Bevol. He might be fighting another undefeated young prospect in Ammo Williams. Mm. So it seems to me like he is now on the fast track. But just judging by the Twitter reaction on Saturday afternoon, he's now on the radar. I love it. He's
1: now, I love it. Deserves to be. And I think he's a tough out.
0: Okay. And moving forward this Friday night, not Saturday. Thanks, Tyson Fury. But anyway. From the theater at Madison Square Garden, your main event on ESPN for the WBC Junior Lightweight Championship of the World. Oh, the shock factor is back. Oh, Foster takes on Abraham Supernova. Mario, the last time we saw Foster, he went through an absolute war with Rocky Hernandez. I thought that was one of the best fights of
1: 2023. That was a really good fight. He's had a nice little layoff, so hopefully he'll come back fresh and um, very prepared for this fight because he could he could really parlay this into uh, big things.
0: This is his first fight under the top-ranked banner, and I got a note on that, but as I take a look at 130, Emmanuel Navarrete looks like he's moving up to 35. He's going to fight Dennis Baranchuk. I
1: think that's going to bode well for
0: him. Yeah, because I look at the other champions like Joe Cordina, who has the IBF title, and the Lamont Roach, who has a WBA belt. Uh, I don't see Marco Antonio Barrera. Mm-hmm. I-, I see a wide-open division. This is what I love about Foster and his representatives. They told top rank, look, 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 if we're going to sign with you, here's the thing. We want more than just one or two fights. We want three fights and we're going to make it easy. My understanding is they said, you know what? Um, We don't even care for the main event. Long as you make us have three fights and we're televised, we'll take a co-main. And they're like, deal. More fighters in his position have to be willing to be flexible. You know, it's not just about the
1: money. The activity matters. The acti- Of course, that's been the theme, I think, since last year. Not only does the activity matter to develop yourself as a fighter and to continue to progress, it matters just as a brand yes. to get out there. Just when we were growing up, if you think of the fighters, I'm going to say yesterday, but it wasn't even that long ago. The De La Hoyas, the Trinidads, the Codos. James Tony. Yeah, they'd be fighting often and frequently in dare I say it was just a higher better quality yeah. of fighting that we're seeing now and I think the activity is a big reason for that do you agree
0: yeah the Dodgers could not be as popular as they are in LA playing once a week or even once a month they'd have to they, look they play a real schedule as does any other <clears throat> sport and when, when you are in a niche sport which boxing is in America if you think you're really going to be out there every eight nine months and make a mark you're not until you are that Delahoya. After he beat Chavez, there comes a time and a place where you become a twice a year fighter. Unfortunately, what I am seeing is and these fighters become victims. If you do not have at least 25 to 30 fights and you're about 25, 26 years old, if you're relegated to twice a year, I actually believe you are putting a ceiling on your future earnings. I well correct.
1: And your development as a fighter.
0: Right. So good luck to Oshaki Foster. He's a really good guy. Great reclamation story personally. And Mario, on the co-main, one of my favorite young men, Bruce Shushu Carrington, 27 years old, out of Brownsville, uh, taking on Bernardo Angelo Torres. Bruce Carrington's just 10-0, but I think technically and fundamentally, he's slick. He's a slick, fundamentally sound, grounded fighter. And I talked to him last week in Las Vegas, and his last fight against the veteran and Jason Sanchez, everyone thought it was going to be a tough fight. Jason Sanchez has gone to distance with guys like Oscar Valdez. He looks spectacular in getting him out of there in two. Hmm. Bruce Carrington, when I speak to him, unlike a lot of this new generation of fighters, I really get the sense I'm talking to a full grown man. He's got this wisdom about him. him? Yeah, I mean, there's something about him that I really like. And this is what I love what he told me. He said, see, this year, I want four to five fights. In fact, I want five. I'm not ready for a title. Let me build to it. And in two, three years, I want inaway at featherweight. And you know what? That's a kid who I believe has the skills... He has the character, he has the talent, and I I root for him because I think he's a really good young man. So Shushu Carrington is on the co-main. Good luck to him.
1: Well, he definitely has the right attitude, so yes, good luck.
0: Uh, News and notes. Mario, a lot of things going on here. Yes. Uh, March 29th in Glendale, Arizona on ESPN, presented by Top Rank. I'm going to actually go out to this fun card. Uh, Oscar Valdez, coming off that really tough loss to Navarrete, takes on Liam Wilson, who last year was the victim, I believe, of a long count against Navarrete. Mario,
1: I think Valdez's career is kind of on the line here. That's a really good fight. A tough fight for him, so it's not like they're giving him a softball. Um, I like Valdez. I like the way he carries himself. I like the way he fights. He always comes prepared and puts in a solid effort. Whether he remains in the on this elite level, we'll find
0: out on that date. My understanding is this is an eliminator. So the winner of this fight is right in line for a title shot. So it's kind of do or die for Oscar Valdez. And also on this card, uh, one of the friends of this program, Miss Senecia Estrada, hey. for the undisputed strawweight title. Uh, there was glass nose between her and Oscar De La Hoya. They hugged it out at the press conference. Oh, good. They, they, are, they made the fight with the Ocasta Valle. For all the belts to be happening. Good,
1: that's gonna be a good fight.
0: Yes. So uh we'll bring Miss Estrada in yes. in a couple of weeks, and then you could badger her about her personal life yeah. and make her feel <laughs> very uncomfortable. Uh, she, ga-
1: she gave me I'll let her say it, but she gave me the the, the down low on oh, everything that's really? going on. Yeah. You invited she, her to the wedding? She seems <laughs> happy. She seems happy. She seems happy. Good for her.
0: And also on the card is Emilio Vargas, one of the most marketable, Emiliano. talented young fighters. I'm glad they're keeping him busy. Yeah, and you know, he was actually supposed to be on the card last week, but he got a little bit ill. You know, when I'm watching him at the press conference and how polished he is, and I'm thinking, you got to get out of this boxing
1: thing and run for office.
0: I mean, he just has this mature air about him. It's
1: it's really like uncanny. How no, I like this kid. He's what what weight is he at right now?
0: He's gonna be at thirty five. It'll eventually be at forty and forty seven. Yeah, Because he's exactly. young. Yeah, and also on this card, one of Robert Garcia's young guns, Raymond Murataya, one Ooh. of the cleanest, pure technicians and punchers at thirty five. This good card. It's a good card. Car. Yes, this guy is so dangerous. And I, I talked to Robert a little bit last week. He said, Steve, I'm going to be honest with you. Until we are mandatory, no lightweight's going to say we want to fight Motataya. And I know the top-ranked matchmakers were very tough to please. They actually like him. So that's the rare C-level approval mm. from the Trampler-Goodman sect okay, good. of that company. And Mario, I said last week that if Ryan Garcia ended up finalizing the deal <laughs> with Devin Haney, that I would tip my cap. Mario, tap Cap
1: lid. Tag. Yeah. Yeah. Have more tequila. Yeah. Have more tequila. But I'm, I'm going to trade you. Yeah, I'm going to trade you. Thank you. And I still got to work right there. Yeah. Salute. Yeah, you Salute. know what? This one's for Garcia. Yeah. This one's for Garcia. He got it done. He ta- got it done. Say what you want about the kid. I give him props because he really does want all the smoke. Called out Tank, campaigned for that fight, eventually got it done. Called out Haney. Looked like it was going to done. There was a couple of detours. Ben went on a jog
0: with Mayweather. Yes. And then. Got sidetracked. Right. Got a little sidetracked.
1: <laughs> got back on track. Shout out to Golden Boy, too, for yeah. getting him back on track. And now they got this fight done. So look at this, Kim. He's going from Tank. I know he had a, a fight right. uh, in between. And then, and, and Tahaney. I think it's a very bad look for, for Shakur and for Tank. That he's going like this guy coming off of his loss, even is asking for, well, no, he had to win this last one, but, um, off of the big highlighted fight, he's asking for Haney, who's obviously, no. uh, is, is peaking in all his powers right now, but he's like, I want it. I want that smoke and I want the big fights. You have to tip your hat to him. You have to say all young fighters should have this, this certain attitude. So say what you will and the shenanigans and what have you, but you know what? My, guy's, my guy comes to fight, and for that, he cannot be knocked. And I think it's a really bad look for the other champions in the division. Agree? Yeah, and this fight is April 20th. Right. Venue TBA. Dude, that's across around the corner. Well, It's going to end It'll up be right Vegas. on top of
0: us. Um, yeah. And with that said, uh, after I've given my proper due respect to Ryan Garcia, my prediction, I think Haney wins 10-2. I just don't think that Ryan is complete enough. And Devin Haney at 140 without having to kill himself
1: to make weight, he looked like a different guy against Pro Gray. He really did. I would have liked to have seen him, if I was his uh, manager, um, fight Raleigh or Barroso prior to a Haney and maybe even one more fight before Haney. Yes. But be that as it may, I'm glad the fight. Uh, is actually happening and I think you have to lean towards Haney with all the momentum they have a history they fought I believe six times three and three and they ended up as a draw with three and three apiece so Ryan maybe sees something maybe he feels very confident and clearly because he's been he's been uh uh clamoring for this fight so I'm curious to I don't know that little that little acting episode they put acting you said, said worked, acting huh oh, bro okay. that wow. couldn't have been real that couldn't yeah, have been real do you think that was real no I think they go back I think they're homies are like let's give let's give uh, some people to talk about because I was like they kept repeating the same thing and I was like what what's going on right well, Mario <laughs> we can discuss this more but I have a general question but real quick I'm sorry before yeah. we move on don't you think it it either puts a little pressure turns up the heat or it should at least to the other champions in the division
0: it does and by the way. Shakur Stevenson has announced. And this is stunning. He's not retired. He's back. Welcome back, Shakur. Okay, um, <laughs> I'm with Tank, you. Tank, Tank too. But well, okay. When is Tank fighting? By the way.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. And when he does fight, it's got to be someone on the side. It's
0: <laughs> think about this. They fought. Tank and Ryan fought last April 27th. Right. We are now in mid-February, which means if you have nothing scheduled, you're not fighting till May. Mm. Say what you want about Ryan Garcia, and I have been a critic. He fought in December, and he's going to fight again by April. So that's two fights. Right. What is going on with Tank? What? I mean, I'm hearing reports that Conor, Ben, and Eddie Hearn have offered 10 to $15 million to but, fight in the but
1: UK. But I heard he passed. I don't get it. I don't get it either. And then I think if he does that, I think that's questionable bad look too cuz all of a sudden you can go to Welterweight. Right. Right. So okay. what about all these excuses in the weight drain and not you I think it just I think it hurts his brand is my point.
0: Um they may not and care. And I like tank, they may not but, care though cuz they're making a lot of money.
1: They have made a lot of money. I
0: have a question though about Ryan Garcia. Let's say Haney really dominates the fight. Doesn't knock him out, but it's 10-2. It's never really competitive. And it's one-sided, the way most of the boxing insiders that I've talked to believe it will be. Let's say that comes to fruition. Is that the end of Ryan Garcia? Not in a sense that he has to
1: retire, but we kind of know now the jig is up. Not necessarily, depending on, let's assume he loses, how he loses. If he just gets outboxed, if if, if it's a boring fight where it's a game of tag... And Haney wins convincingly, but but he does outbox him, and he doesn't um, go out there and knock him out in a brutal fashion. I still think he's uh, he's in the game. I, I really do because he ended up wanting to take the fight. If he goes out there and gets caught with a shot early and gets knocked out in in, in bad fashion, then that's different. But if he's able just to lose in a, in a in a, by getting outboxed, I think he's still in the game. I don't think he can call the shots so much and answer these big fights, I think he's got to build up some more momentum and then I think he's maybe got to put up at least two, three, th- three fights together where he looks impressive where he's back in talks to be maybe with the Shakur's, and Haney's.
0: If you lose 11 10-2, I think it's a bad look. But if you lose 7-5... Or split decision? Sure.
1: It doesn't hurt you as much. No, right. Exactly. Well, that's, yeah, basically saying the same thing.
0: Uh, moving on to news and notes here more a uh, John Ryder, congratulations on a great career. He has retired at the age of 35. There's a guy that got everything out of his ability, was an honest fighter, mm-hmm. got to travel the world, made a lot of money. Um, probably should have been the super middleweight champ because I thought he beat Calum Smith about three, four years ago. But uh, this, is a, this is a lesson for every young fighter. Just keep at it, stick with it, be a pro, and if you stick your nose to the grindstone the way Ryder did, you get to f- fight for world titles. You get to face Canelo. Then you get to face Munguia. He's earned a lot of money, and he's earned a lot of respect. It was a good, honest career good for him. salute to the gorilla. Yep. And Mario, this, this actually came out uh, a couple hours before we went on air or taped this. IBF junior welterweight champion Subriel Matias, the Puerto Rican Mm -hmm. meat grinder, has signed a deal with Eddie Hearn and Matchroom. Good signing for them.
1: It is, but does that bode well for a potential showdown with, say, Tiafimo or Haney?
0: Yeah, see, with Haney, remember, very, very good relationship with him and Eddie Hearn. They right. basically worked together the last few years right. outside of the top rank three fight deal with Cambosis, yes. or two
1: fight deal. I don't know if Haney wants that. Right.
0: right. right. <laughs> um as it relates to top rank and Tio, look, as I like to call it, it's platform protection. Mm. One company's at ESPN, they gotta bring all their content there. Eddie Hearn is with the zone. He's got to bring and this is where the business really does not work for fighters in my view in a perfect world networks would have a lot of money to spend but they they tell every promoter make fights bring us fights and we'll approve them and we'll pay you instead we have situations where fighters are forced to take lesser fights to secure a network date because that's where your promoter has an exclusive agreement and that's a shame that That is is one of the first but i'll I'll say one thing about subriel matthias I would hope that Matchroom and Eddie Hearn, who are very bright, have a plan to A, three fights this year. Three fights. Two of the last three years, he's only fought once. And number one, and the other thing is, he's Puerto Rican. I have an idea. How about boxing him on the island?
1: Wepa. Promoting sometimes is not all that complicated. Puerto Rican Day Parade, I know he's operating likes to get. Oh, yes. That might be a good, nice little head-to-head matchup.
0: Right, so congratulations to Subriel Matias. Hey, young man, make a career. Mm -hmm. Moving on. All right, so let's get started. Here's one from uh, E. Sam. Who does Bud Crawford actually fight next? Had a chance to speak to BOMAC in Las Vegas and he said, look, we want to fight in May against somebody. I don't think they're just stuck on Canelo. They actually want to get something in. Um, but I have a question for you. I, I know Did you've he been... tell
1: you what weight he wants to get something
0: um, in? Any, I, I don't think they're at welterweight anymore. I really think they're going to try to move up. This is all in the campaign to face Canelo? Right. But that's the question I'm going to ask you. If that opportunity came right now to face Canelo, and they said, but it has to be next and let's say, May. If you're Crawford,
1: what do you say? You say yes. Because you can't, I think Crawford is experienced enough, confident enough. We heard it from his own mouth. Ballsy enough. And ballsy enough and skilled enough to want to take that fight and not uh, embarrass himself. I still think weight matters. Yes. I, I, I do. I don't care how talented you are. The other guy's talented too. Yeah. So it's not like he's fighting a bum. Right. So when you're at an elite level, you're splitting hairs as it is. And you're giving up that much weight, I just think it's a factor. And you know, and I said that to Crawford. Right. And I and I you know I love me some Terrence Crawford, but bro, that's three weight classes. Right, and look, that's I, a lot. <laughs> I feel a lot better about the fight if it was an ascension
0: of weight, not just, hey, you're going all the way up to Mount Everest. Correct. That that's like ooh, No, God. no,
1: correct. So the fact that he is going up, because remember, he he's not necessarily a big welter either. No. So the fact that he is going up, and I'm assuming just to 54, then I think on the heels of this zoo fight with um, Keith Keith Thurman, Thurman. that would be a nice way for him to have another big money fight, event-type fight, maybe even down under if he were to face, assuming zoo's the winner, uh, someone like a zoo. If he were to win that title, then I think he makes a stronger case for eventually facing a Canelo.
0: I don't disagree. Here's a question from Evan Williams I find very interesting. Can anything be done in the future to stop boxing boxers from ef- refusing to engage and running laps around the ring for 12 rounds? Seems to be coming a major I- issue after Shakur and Ortiz's latest performances. Is it time to start taking points, Mario? I remember that a great old referee, Arthur McCanty Sr., if he saw a guy being so negative, he'd actually time out. Time out, buddy. Are you gonna fight or not? Yeah. Great story that Larry Merchant told me and Bruce Tramplers told me. And Larry Merchant was actually there one day. The great old matchmaker, the legendary Teddy Brenner. He would actually, and Larry said he was there one day. He was forced to bring on this slick boxer for Madison Square Garden. He didn't really like to do it. And he said, Steve, I'll never forget. Nothing was happening for five rounds. Literally no punches. He said, I saw Teddy Brenner crouch down past press row, almost try to sneak past us. And we're like, where's Teddy going? Teddy actually went into the guy's corner, that guy that was really slick, and he nudged the corner man out of the way. He says, get out of the way. And he told the guy, hey, buddy, if you don't stand and fight and throw punches, you're not getting paid, and we're never bringing you back. And I said, well, Larry. I love that. And you know what Larry said? He goes, we never saw that guy again yeah, at
1: the so, so clearly he didn't start throwing punches. <laughs> well, yeah, not enough. Right. I, I mean, there com- look, I don't think there's anything you can do in the moment, per se, if you're not doing anything illegal. However... If you have a performance like that, then I think you should be penalized. Free market. You, Free you market. You should be able to not, to to, to to say, hey, you're you're not, that, that is not TV friendly. You're not going to be on our, waste people's time.
0: For all these people that are outraged by the decision, and I get it, a lot of people don't like Tia Fimo for various reasons, but here's the reality. If everyone fought like Jermaine Ortiz- We wouldn't have a sport. You wouldn't support boxing. There would not be a business. And I would we ask wouldn't. these people, um, so when Jermaine Ortiz- Fights again. Would you buy a ticket for that? Right. We all know the answer. Of course. The but hypocrisy is the you know, maybe Tim Bradley, or we still oh. are. We love Tim. I love to have to bring dinner with him on Tuesday. Tim may have a point, though. Is it time to just make every ring now 15 by
1: 15? Ooh, you know I love that. <laughs> you know I love that. Yeah. That's actually something that can realistically be done, because you don't have to be, you're not being subjective as far as is he running too much? Because then, what does running too much, right, right? That, But if you have a ring, you're you're getting in a fight. You know, no matter what, you're throwing bombs. You
0: know, Larry Merchant had one of the great lines that that legendary thing. It's never. <laughs> I really love that proven. idea. I love that idea. Um, there was that old legend, and again, it's never really been proven. And there's people that disagree with it. If it ever happened, remember when they said Willie Pep once won a round without throwing a punch. Larry Merchant goes, uh, Steve. I go, yeah. He goes, I wouldn't have given him that round. Of course. I'm kind of like, you know what? I don't think I would have either.
1: No, unless the guy threw and kept falling. Right. And like slipping right. and embarrassing himself. Right. That, I mean, it had to be dramatic. But there was a
0: point um, before guaranteed contracts and you were a fighter that kept was on a one-off with promoters uh, and you were not guaranteed to have a fight Four months from now, or under? oh my God, I think there was much more pressure to actually put on a good show of back course. in the olden days. You had to actually fight. Yes, actually fight and put on a show. Mm-hmm. Here's one from Omar. Omar, the co-star. Um, are boxers jumping up weight classes more than ever? Mario, I think they are, and I'll tell you what why they're doing it. They believe that there is a great cachet and value in saying that I'm a one-time, two-time, three-time, four-division weight champion. Also, think about this. I think it's a great way of avoiding the best kind of division, just moving up and picking the weakest belt.
1: Mm. Seriously. It makes a lot of sense. And look, I think most fighters will tell you there's nothing worse than cutting weight. So if you have the opportunity to maybe cherry pick and pick a fighter who's not as dangerous and and you don't have to cut weight for it, i think uh, that's a lot of incentive mario
0: i've actually looked at the resume of guys like adrian broner who were four division world champions and people say well that make him a hall of famer here's the problem if you actually examine it here's the problem with broner who i enjoyed i I, he's one of those characters that makes the game fun i have nothing against broner i make no judgments against him you know he was never the best guy in any division really that's the thing yeah because i've kind of looked at it and i and i've said I'm sick of people trying to uh, ripping guys like Golovkin and Hagler that they never moved up. And I'm like, well, maybe they just couldn't move up. Maybe they were actually dominating a division and cleaning it out. That's so impre- that's incredibly impressive. It is. To hold down a division for yeah. like five, six, seven years. Really impressive. And, and, Chavez, and, all those years. Right. Yeah. And, and my view is this. If you are going to be a Hall of Fame voter, which I was at one time. I'm not anymore because of some issues. But you have to really examine this. Just being a multi Divisional champion. I say, okay, that's an achievement. Now you have to really investigate: did you really fight everyone at your division? And where were like well, here's the impressive thing about Lomachenko? He doesn't have a lot of fights. But I thought in two, if not three divisions, even though he didn't have a lot of fights, he was clearly avoided and was number one in at least two. And I think the fights right. he did have, it was a case of quality over quantity. For right, sure. And that absolutely matters, but yes. Omar, I believe fighters are now moving up for a couple of reasons. Number one, there's a
1: marketing aspect to it. And number two, they're avoiding certain guys at the weight class. I think there's rare cases too like a uh Crawford where moving up because it is. Well, but Crawford cleaned out divisions though. He correct, won correct. every
0: belt in no, two cr- separate no, weight classes. But
1: also I think financially rewarding too. Yes. Yes. I mean think about look, I've always said this about
0: Crawford. At one forty, did he come in a relatively weak era? As I like to say, there wasn't Costa Zoo, Frankie Randall, and Aaron Pryor. Not his fault. But he won every belt. Yep. Now, at 47, if there was not these quote unquote sides of the street, he would have been undisputed three years ago. I agree. So I don't want to hear, well, is Tim. Look, when Terrence Crawford, whenever he retires in three years now, it's three years, whoever does not put a check mark next to his name, I think should have their vote taken away. He's well, one of those guys like a Peyton Manning or Tom Brady when they, when they start to gather for Football Hall of Fame. Yes, he's that next guy. There is no discussion. It's right. a no-brainer. This is an interesting question from Carl Brandt. Why does Mario think Chavez Jr. turned out to be a bum? Did he grow <laughs> up spoiled? Tim Zhu grew up with money, but he's the real deal in the ring. Boy, that's kind of harsh calling him a bum. Jesus.
1: The frustrating and sad thing about Chavez Jr. is, look, I can't imagine growing up the son of a of a legend, of a real... Royalty. Just beloved individual that the whole country yeah. um, gets behind. And the pressure, especially if you're going into the yes. same field. Now, with that said... At one point, he looked like the real deal. After Andy Lee, he looked legitimate. He caught... He actually got... A world championship, legit world championship. Was He's, getting better. Was getting better. He's working with Freddie Roach. He looked really good. I mean, I it didn't look like he was ever going to be his father, but then I don't think anyone is. Wow, that's, but a, he, that's a high ball. No, I know, but to win a world championship, Kim, that is really, really impressive. And I believe it was the middleweight world championship, and he looked really good. And even when he fought Sergio Martinez, and we were at that fight, and he almost had a Taylor-esque <clears throat> type moment. After that, I don't know if it was a combination of he just didn't have his heart in it anymore. The pressure finally maybe kind of got to him, started making some money and the temptations that come with that and the extracurricular activities become a real big distraction. And then you're just not the same guy. And then you're not just in the same guy. And then all your vulnerabilities start coming out. When you start making money and people said, oh, he turned into a bigger jerk. No, he was always a jerk. That just, it's just accentuated now. Or he remained a nice guy. He was always a nice guy. He's just a nice guy now with money. I think maybe he's always maybe had these issues, but he started making a little money, started getting a little notoriety, and it was put into focus under I think, the microscope.
0: I believe there was a lot of enabling when he didn't make weight. They'd always change the rules. I think someone, and so everyone had was a part Because he was still because he was attraction. Chavez. Yeah, because he was Chavez. I mean, that's like being a Kennedy in politics. Right. Rules are a little bit different. I'll tell you a story before. Because when he beat Andy Lee in El Paso, I remember thinking, that was the fight or two before Martinez, I said, wow, he's actually becoming a fighter. I believe that. And yeah. Top Rank actually said, you know what? Let's do the Martinez fight. They said, we've done it. We've done our job. Freddie's done his job. We can do it. So he was actually thought of as a somewhat live dog. I'll never forget it was... About seven, eight weeks before that fight. Someone
1: who's training his underwear
0: in the kitchen. Well, it all ties into this story. So they had just begun camp. And Freddie had done a really nice job at Wildcard, And I'd seen a lot of those training <laughs> sessions. I've never seen anyone take an hour and a half to put on their hand wraps like Chavez. There was no sense of urgency. It always frustrated me. Like, bro, get to work. So it's about... Seven weeks before September 14th of 2012. Because remember, that was the day when Canelo fought Jose Cito Lopez. Mm. And Chavez was at Thomas and Mac. Remember, remember it was a that. civil war. Yeah, And, and uh, well, that, whatever happened to that Canelo guy, by the way? But anyway, so they had just begun camp. And I remember working at wildcard wild card on that Saturday. And I tell Freddie, uh, hey, Freddie, what's going on with uh, Chavez? Oh, yeah, we're going to spar today. And I said, hey, Freddie, can I watch? He goes, yeah, well, uh, he's going to be right at 4.15. It was like 1 o'clock. Or no, no, it was about 3.30. And Freddie says, look, if you want to stick around, as long as you don't film sparring or say anything about it, I'll let you watch the workout. Don't worry about it. You can interview him later. So I was like, you know what, Freddie? Let me take a quick shower. So it was actually about 2.30. So I go, all right, Freddie, I'll see you in about an hour and a half. So I'm thinking, okay, start to the training camp. It's going to be great. I'm going to get a story out of it. So I'm starting my car. Marie. The executive assistant who's now married to Freddie, she comes running down. She knocks on my door and she goes, Steve, don't come back. And I go, why not? Uh, Freddie said I could say, no, He goes, we just got a call. He's tired and he's not going to come in. I saw it right there. It's over. Because if you are tired and already missing training sessions with flimsy excuses. And I told my buddy who's a gambler, I said, don't put any money on this kid. It's Mm -hmm. over. He said, what do you mean? He goes, look, I get it. You get tired, you get burnt out in camp. That should be happening in about five, six weeks. Not if the he's week. already making excuse, and by the way, we never saw him at wildcard the rest of that summer.
1: That's when he was in his kitchen. That's
0: when he was in his kitchen eating cereal with his underwear. And I said, he
1: has <laughs> no shot. But he still almost pulled it out. He still almost pulled it out. So if he would have had a solid camp, man, he could have won, he he won, won, won that fight. He could have won that fight because people Damn. don't
0: realize how quickly Martinez fell apart exactly. physically. His knees were all bad. Exactly. But it goes to show you, though, boxing is a poor man's sport. He didn't grow up poor. I don't like the fact that uh, Julio Jr. is throwing yeah. his dad under the bus, bro. You had a good life. Your dad's not perfect. None of us thought he was. Of course. And as well as, as I think, some of my friends said, "It's a Mexican father. That's normal." <laughs> yeah,
1: no, that's the truth. That's, uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh,
0: moving on <laughs> to final flurries, Mario. Did you watch any of the Super Bowl? Did you watch it of the Hold on a
1: second. So we're not going to talk about the Canelo situation. What situation? He's, I don't know. The whispers. The whispers. Him out a PBC, and it's looking like. So let That's me ask. That's I, I think don't they're know. loud. I think they're loud because the buzz is and the word is. That which I think is great, as opposed to the Charlo, it's looking like him and Munguia might be trying to get something set up, which I really, really like. Someone who's obviously active, very much in that weight class. It's a Mexican showdown. I do not have a problem with that fight I love at that all. Fight. Would you be opposed to that fight? No. Come. Oh no 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 no. Me
0: gusta. Me gusta. I, and by the way, I'm going to call you Mexican Adam Schefter. You got sauces. Because you actually put me on the phone with one of your sauces on Friday. I get it, but I think there's a lot of things being reported, brandied about. I mean, it, I mean Canelo had this big uh, press conference or media gathering on Tuesday well, tonight. I, I thought we should at least address right, it. Right, it's TBS TECA, but we don't know. Look. I which, just, which makes a lot of sense. Two only, Mexican
1: fighters, TV, said, right, that makes a lot no, of sense. Right,
0: no, on Cinco de Mayo or Mexican right. Independence Day. And, you know, I, with Munguia, he'll make it fun. Look, the only fight out of all the ones being discussed that I am opposed to is Charlo. That's dead fish. Now, I agree. Benavidez, I told you, yes. I told you Crawford, the only way. Yes.
1: Munguia, yes. Yes, I agree. I told you the only way I could, would accept a Charlo is if it's followed by either a Benavidez or a Crawford. That's the only way, right. I would accept that. Other than that, then it's, but I much prefer if it were to come to fruition a Mungia fight. Which, by the way, Freddie thinks he's a live dog. No, I mean, so do I. Very- because one thing about Mungia, the underrated thing
0: about him, he's not slow. He's no. actually got a little bit more speed. And he's got a good set of whiskers. And he's got a good set of whiskers. And you don't, you never know when a fighter turns
2: old.
1: You never know when a guy one day... I like that fight. I like that fight. I'm telling you, I hope it comes to fruition. And if he were to fight him in May, in either Crawford or Benavides. My guy's got nothing else to prove. You, you know, know how many fans on sunset?
0: Thursday were probably very critical, and they, they play online Angelo Dundee, and they pick out every single flaw of Jaime Munguia. He does this wrong, this wrong, that wrong. And when they're watching Jermaine Ortiz, I guarantee you by the seventh round, they're saying, oh, my God, can we get some Jaime Munguia? That's what I mean. Jaime yeah. Munguia is that good, solid hamburger. You may not have it for, for Thanksgiving. It may not be the greatest meal, but let me just tell you something. When you eat that particular hamburger— you're pretty satisfied.
1: You ever seen a boring Mungia fight? No,
0: never. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It does not exist. Saying. But I'm just saying with Canelo, I, I believe that there are some financial issues, some things that have to be taken care of on the back end. But all he announced this Tuesday is that I'm back with TVS Teca.
1: And to that, all I say is, Orale. Which I think bodes well for the rumors that are out there facing Munguia. That's all I'm going to say. Right. Oh, Just wanted well. to put it out there. Just wanted to put it Again, out Again, Mexican Adam Schefter. He's got them sauces. He's got <laughs> this. Uh... Mark, how much of the Super Bowl did you watch? <clears throat> Dude, so I booked this corporate event I had to do for this hospital. You got to make your money. Yeah. Well, it was a long time ago. Yeah. And I didn't realize it fell on the same weekend. As the Super Bowl, and I was like, "Oh, I was already committed." Ask me next time. I'll look at. I just, like, <laughs> too, because the Super Bowl used to be like in January. Remember, I just yeah, didn't now, think about it. Now so. it's early February. I know, mm-hmm. I know, practically mid-February. Yeah. So, it was in West Virginia, which there are no nonstop flights. You have to fly to, to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yes. and I didn't realize it was that close. Still, about an hour, an mm-hmm. hour ten outside uh, of Pittsburgh. And a nice little campus. Yeah. nice little campus. was Morgantown. Morgantown, exactly. Shout out
0: to Don Nealon and famous Amos Arroway and Jeff Hostetler. Wow, very good. Major yeah, Harris.
1: Yes, they've got a solid wrestling team over there, too. But it was nice. I went to with the kids and the hospital and then had to do the event and all that. But I got back and that, God bless the pilot, because he got us there just in time where I was able to just maybe, and I was hearing it and was seeing it on the phone, um, see the game from like seven minutes into the first quarter. So I saw the whole game, essentially. Saw the whole yeah. game and the halftime show. Um, and it, it, it turned into an exciting game, but I thought it was actually relatively kind of, meh, yeah. nah. the first, I thought San Francisco blew it. They had all they the momentum. They were the better team. They had the better team. They had all the momentum in the world, and they just had a case of bad luck and stupid mistakes. But one team had Mahomes and Andy Reid. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what. <laughs> they have the I'll mistake. tell you what. You know what, gosh man, and then um, Bosa and uh, they, uh Chase Young were playing their butts off, sure. and that one kid Jennings and Christian McCaffrey, sure. too, got I me mean, that first drive. I thought, oh, this is gonna be bad. And when, it 10, zero, when it was 10-0, then the fumble. fumble, I was like, oh my god. With all that said, Kim, with all that said, and Brock Purdy, I know people were saying he played my guy was only three for 12 on third down, exactly. So he, did, he wasn't necessarily lightening up, it wasn't great. How are you not getting the ball to Kittle? So, anyway, overtime when it was fourth and three, forget these new rules. Why didn't you go for it on four thirty three? 3 Because if you get it, then you get the touchdown. If you don't, you leave them on that back there. They have to march the field, and the defense was playing great. That blew me away more than anything. Yeah, Shanahan, I think, is an excellent
0: diagnostic coach. His game decisions, you know, that's the third (laughs) rule he's been involved in where they have double-digit leads leads and they have not won I know. And I, I don't know what to really say other than the fact I thought the Super Bowl for 50 minutes was kind of fugazi. Got good at the end. It got good at the end. Got it good at the end. end so yeah. I don't know what else to really say. Mario, you're going to UFC 298 this weekend. Dude, I'm, let me good say card. Good card. Good ex- card. I'm more
1: excited about this card than I am the big game this past weekend. This card should be the UFC 300 card. It's in Anaheim, which they've had um, they've had some fights there uh, before that I've, I've actually attended. But I want to... Tell you all about who's on there. And the MMA fans will understand this. I mean, this is a hell. This is a hell of a card. We got Anthony Hernandez versus Roman Kopliov Great fight. Marab DeVishili. I think that's how you pronounce it. Pronounced, the Russian kid versus Henry Cejudo. Olympic champion. Two time, that is an incredible fight. I can't believe it's, it's second. Time. Then Jeff Neal and Ian Machado Gary with all that controversy. Mm. He married the, yeah. w- the wives, yeah. the, the, the husband, mm. of the hex, all that. Then Robert Whittaker from Australia and Paula Costa. From Brazil, yep. That is an awesome fight. And then in the main event, Volkanovski, Alexander Volkanovski, a guy versus Ilya. Oh, the little fire hydrant. The fire oh, I hydrant love him. Oh, versus God, Ilya Tuporia, who's Ooh, badass good. from he's Spain. Good. Dude, this fight is incredible. And I'll tell you what, you're not going to see any running on any of these fights. There's no Indy no, 500 no, hey, no, right no, no, there. No, no, no. If you see
0: any running, you won't see them again.
1: You won't <laughs> see them the again. Truth. And guess what? Ironically, I think it is about 15 feet but yeah. or smaller, actually, the octagon. So that is going to be... Money's worth. My old man's turning 75, so I'm taking him. So uh, it should be uh, a really good time. Uh, And and this is the truth. I'll send you a code.
0: Yeah, and Mario, (laughs) here's the thing. I know this, and and look, I know a lot of fans. When, When most people go to a boxing match... They are in their seats about 20 minutes before television be or for their, the main event. By the way,
1: they get there. What I told you was the main card. The prelims are great. Right, they're there from the prelims, Kim. Forget Mark, the main card. They're there from the prelims. We have a mutual
0: friend by the name of Mark Ratner, who's one of the yes. executives at UFC. I like seeing him there, And yes. he, for years, ran the Nevada Commission, was a football referee. Great guy.
1: You've uh, seen To this now.
0: day, me and Mark are still great. And he told me this about 14 years ago when he first took that gig. He was in Toronto for a show. And he email me here and there about college football, boxing. And he said, Steve, I tell you what, first thing I noticed. Every time I go to a boxing show when I'd be working these cards as an administrator, no one would be in the audience for three and a half hours until HBO or Showtime went on the air or the pay-per-view show. He goes, Steve, I go to Toronto for my first show. Before the first fight, there's a line of people waiting to get in, and three quarters of that audience is there before even the lights go on. Mm. That's because of the quality of undercard, top to bottom. Exactly. That's the truth. That's an absolute you truth. You could say that we're hatering, you could say that no, that's we're. That's the being, reality. But that's you know just what? We're honest. trying to
1: tell the truth here, you bastards, okay? This is what we do. No, that's exactly it. Now, making those fights be so competitive obviously is what draws that, but you're able to pull that off because it's all under one. umbrella. You don't have a bunch of uh, different promoters. But be that as it may, they got to know that UFC's taking a chunk out of their, their audience there. These promoters have to start working together. They have to start kind of figuring it out with the network's or else it's just going to suffer and uh, the fighters have, have to understand my
0: performance
1: matters. Mm-hmm.
0: It matters. It does.
1: Bottom well, line, they give fighter fighter the night bonuses. Yes. They give bonuses, there's incentive, too, financial incentive.
0: Yeah. So Mario, uh I don't know when this
1: show's being released, but got big plans for Ash Wednesday. Do you. Well, yeah, Ash well Ash Wednesday happens to fall on Valentine's Day. Oh, I, I want to talk to my, uh, to all the Catholic homies out there. If you want to save a few dollars, just say you gave up spending uh, money on an extracurricular. Just for level. a good cause. Take your take lady the to Lord. church, for get a little, Lord. you know what I'm saying? For like Tio Lord. said, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And then you go there, and there you go. Boom, two and one. You took her somewhere, but you don't have to spend any money. Bam. So in other words, humans, right with the Lord? humans, <laughs> this is what we're saying, man.
0: All right, the three tenants, uh, blood, sweat, t- I, I never yeah. heard that, by the <laughs> way, I don't know where you went with that one. Father, uh, well, on the son of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> uh, Mario, you know, I thought Schnitzel had a pretty good dog, a lot, of, a lot of sodium. The Dodger dog is a classic. That's a classic dog. But I heard there's now a Mario dog. Bro,
1: pinks. Hey, oh, the, Pink's is a classic. Pink's is an institution oh, here good. in LA. Been here Long 89, lines all the time. 89 years. It's wow. been here. You got to have a quality dog. Yeah. The bread, the actual dog itself. So I was honored. They named the dog after what? me. And all the proceeds to my dog. go to the boys and girls? It's not chorizo. You know? It's a hot dog. No, no, no it's a hot dog. <laughs> Funny. It's a hot dog. And bro, this hot dog. looked like you're murdering toilet slater, but it's so good going in. I mean, it's got some homemade guacamole orale. and it's got some uh, sour cream and it's got bacon oh. and it's got these onion, ch- big chunks, big chunks. Sa- um, Do they have the peppers? Oh, jalapenos. Oh, we got jalapenos orale. on. Dude, no, yeah, it's, amazing. Oh, no wow. it's amazing. No, it's amazing. When was the last time you had a Not a good one in a while, honestly, because when they give
0: us vouchers for the media meals, they give us vouchers now, right? Yeah. So you go up to this concession oh, no, no, and they give count. you a hot dog and you're like, Ugh. no, no, those don't
1: count. Yeah. Can I tell you what's underrated at Pink's too? And if you haven't had a good one in a long time, you you it reminds you how delicious they are. These onion rings. When you have oh, good, onion on- rings. bro. These are going to be the best onion rings I've ever had in your life. I'm going to get you a Mario Lopez dog. Please do. With some onion rings, and you're going to tell me, damn, this dog's incredible, really? and these are the best onion rings I've ever had. I, I cannot wait to go. That, that's a pretty good meal. That's a damn good. And I'm
0: by the telling way, you. Now, do you think at Dodger games, Dodger dogs will now be $40? Someone's got to pay for the Japanese guy.
1: I'm telling you. Well, <laughs> guys. Japanese guys. Yeah. Remember, they got, they got a couple of them. Well, I'll tell you when I... Uh, why not go? Because I'll still be going. Hey, you almost got, <laughs> you You almost drowned for those Dodger tickets. You yeah, when I'm literally out there right there. But what else do I need to host to get those tickets there?
0: All right, well, that's it for this week's edition of the Three Knockdown. Well, we just want to let you know, if you want to sponsor our show, please email us at info at boxbid.io. Once again, that's info at boxbid.io. On behalf of Mario Lopez, Smoke and Tim Frazier, and Tino, Tino. on the edits Till the next round, Goodbye, everybody.